Hello and welcome to the Radical Care Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Sidel Hitchcock, and on today's episode, I am joined by a very special guest, Gina Bell, the founder of the Tears and Tool Movement. I'm so excited to be joined by this amazing guest. Welcome, Gina. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you. Absolutely. So I would love for you to share this book that you wrote with us all. And then once you're finished reading that and about the movement you created, we'll dive into some questions about the importance of what you are creating. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. So we have Tears and Tool, written by Gina Bell, illustrated by Elena Michalades. It says, for my children and my mom, thank you for the spontaneous living room dance parties that often help me remember my magic, Gina Bell. To all the beautiful souls, may you find your rainbow and never let go, Elena Michalades. One day a baby girl was born wearing a skirt made of tulle. It was bright and colorful like a rainbow jewel. The skirt was invisible, seen just by the girl. She giggled happily, watching its wild colors swirl. The skirt connected the girl to her magic, color, and dreams. When she was full of tears, the skirt sent her heart joyful beams. As the girl grew and grew, the magical skirt did too. Soon, she realized that life could be messy and unfair. She needed to remember her skirt would always be there. She fluffed her skirt and jumped to her feet. She would wake up the skirt with her own special beat. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. Sometimes she felt scared, embarrassed, and like she didn't have a clue. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered the fun of trying something new. There were times she felt left out, misunderstood, and like she would never, ever fit in. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered to be comfortable in her own skin. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. And the girl in the story is growing up each time she skips and dances and swishes and twirls. And when life was just too much and her eyes filled with tears, she fluffed her skirt and remembered she could learn from her fears. The tears made her wise and watered the dream in her heart. Fluffing her skirt, she remembered she was a growing work of art. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. And her rainbow tool skirt is growing along with her. And as she grew older, her days could feel overwhelming, crazy, and long. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered she was radiant, resilient, and strong. Sometimes it felt like her life was falling apart at the seams. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered she could always connect to her dreams. 
skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. She celebrated her failures and the lessons they taught her along the way. She fluffed her skirt and remembered she had something important to say. She trusted the wisdom in her heart to help others grow, learn, and heal. Fluffing her skirt, she remembered her struggles made her beautiful and real. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of every magical girl. And then it says the story behind the skirt. Hello, my name is Gina Bell, and I'm the creator of Tears and Tool, a woman's empowerment movement that celebrates women who show up from within the chaos of everyday life to connect with their magic. In 2018, my life changed on an abandoned overpass in Orlando, Florida. I was wearing a simple black tank and the most magical rainbow tulle skirt. I had purposely paired the colorful skirt with a black t-shirt to relay a special message to myself and people everywhere. We don't need to wait for life's perfect set of circumstances to connect with our extraordinary color. My purpose with the Tears and Tool movement is to reconnect women with their joy and color, even during life's darkest moments. It may sound strange, but the rainbow skirt woke up something wonderful in me. I want women everywhere to experience what I did, a clarifying moment of vulnerability, magic, and happiness. A year and a half after that day on the overpass, I launched Tears and Tool. I'm sharing the rainbow skirt with 52 people over 52 weeks as a way to inspire women everywhere to reconnect with their color, the tool, from within the darkness, the tears of everyday real life. And while organizing the movement, I learned that my friend and rainbow tool skirt designer, Cass Youngs, had always hoped that one day one of her rainbow creations would one day travel the world. She loved that our two ideas would become one. Each woman in the movement is asked to pair of a skirt with something black, make their unique magic in it, and share their tears and tools story with the world. Time after time, participants have shared how much love and positive energy the rainbow skirt radiates. And many participants use their time with the skirt to reflect on their greatest struggles. That's what Tears and Tool is all about, embracing our perfectly imperfect lives. The end. <laughs> Ooh, that was so beautiful. Thank you oh. for creating and writing such a inspiring, powerful, beautiful book. And for creating a movement that can help inspire women to connect to their color. And there's so many questions I want to <laughs> ask. And, and I love how you wrote it in such a way that it has the little girl grow up and connect with it throughout life as moments come up and the awareness gets stronger and stronger through life's experiences. So thank you. What was that defining moment of you deciding to start this movement in your life? Like, why is this so important to you? And why is it so important for other women to connect to their magic and their imperfection and their perfection? Yeah, absolutely. So I was on, I was at a photo shoot. I'm from Chicago in Orlando, Florida. 
And I was on an abandoned overpass and I was wearing a giant rainbow tulle skirt that had been gifted to me because I had been wearing solid color tulle skirts up to that day. And um, I had paired it with a black tank and I thought, wow, this really represents like the darkness and the color, like both things at once. And things were not perfect during that photo shoot. I had just found out my husband was going to have brain cancer when I came home from the shoot. He's fine now. Um, And it was a week before the anniversary of my mom's passing and just everything that comes with life was still happening in that moment. But I made a decision to not wait and still connect with the color, not wait until I got to some certain point where I felt like I was more ready. And so someone said, Gina, can you run? And I fluffed the skirt up and I was in my bare feet and I just took off down this abandoned overpass and drone footage would later show like um, just this blissful moment of mine where I felt like, I don't know, my dreams and seeds were bursting from my heart, like then just flying out into the world. And so I would bring the skirt home and I would end up waiting like nine months before I realized I was supposed to share it with people, you know, all over the country and in some parts of Canada. And the movement has grown so much. There are now tribes and trailblazers, which are women that are wearing their own skirts in different parts of the world. So that dream is really, um, it's expanding quite a bit. But I, I think it was just acknowledging that I didn't have to be ready to connect with my dreams And I also felt like I was connecting with the dreams that my mom maybe wanted to bring out into the world, but didn't. And so there was um, like an ancestral sort of these patterns were breaking, we're, we're making space for, and this tool isn't the tool that we grew up seeing. So it's a completely different um, idea, fabric, metaphor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It's deeper than you know, a bride's tool or a ballerina tool or princess tool. It's um, something that connects deeply to my values and, and how I want to help others to see their connection with their color and bringing that light into the world. Whew, that was like really long, but that's how, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so beautiful. And I am, I'm really glad that your husband is doing well. And I really connected with all you just said as being a caregiver to both of my parents who one who who's in remission with cancer and one who is currently undergoing treatment for cancer. And I love how you just embodied that in that moment that you did things didn't have to look a certain way or be a certain way for you to connect with your magic, to connect with the color. And that's a really profound thing to connect to and to relate out there because I feel like in society and in my own space, I've also felt like, well, things need to be a certain way before I do things. And that's not the case, right? Like I could have said, oh, I'm not going to start this podcast until the journey is over, but it's so much more beautiful and real and authentic and raw, creating it as it's unfolding and as it's happening. I love the message, the core message behind the book. I think it's so important 
And I feel like the way I interpret it is that something that hasn't been out there of the importance of, you know, things are hard. Life is a process of all of these things and connecting like with the skirt is connecting with that magic, that color that is within us all as individuals. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that you have shared with the world and whoever picks up your book and listens um, and joins your movement to connect with that. Why is connecting with your color in the darkness so important? Why is connecting with that colorful beam of your light such an important part in taking care of self? Well, I think for many, many years and still today, it could happen as soon as I get off this podcast call. Um, you know, I think that I know I myself have tried to hide from pain throughout my life. And in a social media world, it's so easy to, it's so easy to distract with all of, you know, you have a Netflix marathon, you have Facebook, you have all these different things going on. And, um, I do those things too, you know, but I, I think that when we can pause long enough to sort of, I say that we have fear chihuahuas. Um, I call the fear, fear chihuahuas. And if we could stop long enough, like we're like running from the boogeyman, you know, we're like trying to stay away from the fear and, and those can be like really scary, hard things. But I think that when we can sort of like friend the fear that we're, we're so afraid of, um, it can some, sometimes teach us something and it loses the extreme amount of power that we give it when we can slow down long enough. So I tell people, Hey, name your fear chihuahuas, name them. Who's showing up today? You know, the one that is afraid I can't write this, this next book, you know, and, and I'll name it something friendly, like one of my childhood dog names, like cuddles or something like that. So like I, I'm always talking about like friending fear because I think that we just, you know, are, live in a society that is full of distractions a lot of the time. And it's really, really hard to do that. So yeah, that would, that would be my little bit of information on that. That's beautiful. Friending your fear. That's how so powerful and so on point. Like you said, there's so many distractions out there in the world where, you know, I also have those moments of wanting to run away from the, the feeling of pain and discomfort and sorrow and sadness. And yet I feel like as I'm running from it, it's also running towards me. You know, it's like, oh, you can run, but it's, we're, we're already ahead of you. <laughs> like it's going to come right. at some point and it's actually going to boil over and like even be more intense because you're putting it so far down than it would be if you just like stopped and sat with it in a moment. What uh, words of encouragement uh, that have helped you along the way? Do you have for other women, other, other people out there where they're at in their own experience of life, of being afraid of what they want to create, 
not feeling worthy of themselves and what they're up to or what they want to do with their, their life. Um, what words of encouragement do you have for them to really connect with why it's so important to do the things that terrify them and also love themselves through the process of that experience? Yeah, I have a, um, a book by Pema. She's a Buddhist teacher and she says it was um, a speech she gave when her granddaughter graduated from college. They asked her to come speak. And she says, uh, she didn't even tell them what the title of the talk was because she wasn't sure they would let her do it, but it was fail, fail again, fail better, like fail, fail again, fail better. Like the magic is in the experience. Like there's when you can maybe try to see failure as more of like a stepping stone than something that's uh, debilitating or like, I know that years ago I did this, um, one of my first speaking gigs and my husband came in through the back and he took pictures of me speaking. Like we were so excited. I wore this really glitzy dress and I was, you know, doing this talk for this large dinner party that asked me to come out and do my speaking thing. And later the picture showed um, this one woman in the crowd that was whispering and rolling her eyes and everyone else around her was laughing and smiling and, and connecting with me. And there was this one whisperer and who knows, she might've been saying like the mashed potatoes are cold. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure what she, what was even happening in that photo, but I zeroed in, you know, on that one moment. And thought, maybe I'm not a good speaker. Maybe I'm not really connecting with people. Like I, I became so hard on myself. And if I had allowed that one moment and that one person's sex split second reaction to something, you know, sort of derail me. And I did for a while, then I think I wouldn't have found the other magical lessons that were in speaking to come and connecting with people to come, you know, all of that that would happen later. So sometimes I'll go back and look at that picture because I'm like, wow, there was what I felt as sort of a failure within that, that event to be a real teaching moment for me. So yeah, I would say failing, like, let's start celebrating failing. Like if you have a family or you have friends or you have whatever, and you're like all together and you're like, yeah, this thing happened. This was great. Well, what else happened? It <laughs> wasn't so great. Like let's celebrate both things and make them part of life. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story of the perspective of how you, you zeroed in on that one person and you, you kind of made up a story of like, who, who knows what she was saying right in the moment, but how you connected with it as well on a deeper level and how it supported you. You look at it as a, this beautiful teaching lesson instead yeah. of a lesson of like stopping you completely from continuing your purpose and speaking and putting your messages out there. And yeah, I'm all about celebrating failure. Like that is, it's magical to celebrate the things that don't work out because it's not meant to work out, I guess, in that moment or that way. And then 
you go to the next. I mean, what Thomas Edison took how many times to invent the light bulb? And he kept trying and eventually he got it. I mean, it wasn't like overnight, uh, one, one and done kind of thing. It's good to talk about those moments of where it didn't work out exactly as hoped or there was uh, failure involved. So I really like that that woman talked about that speech at her granddaughter's graduation and that you connected so deeply with that. That's a, that's a beautiful, real thing to celebrate failure. I like that. That's inspiring. What is the biggest lessons you've learned in creating this movement? And how is it showing you that you're on the right track in life and the magic that you've been creating in these connections with these women all over the country and all over the world um, and how you're inspiring them? And uh, also, are they inspiring you as well through that process? Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. To all of that. Um, I First of all, I had no idea when I started the movement that it would, uh, first of all, it would start to expand and grow and have sort of an energy and life of its own. So uh, that's been amazing. But oh my gosh, it's been the biggest teacher for me because every single person that connects with Tears and Tool, whether they're part of the original skirt or they're wearing their own or they're doing a podcast with me or whatever it might be, they're bringing their own unique energy to it. So so yes, um, I'm so incredibly thankful for everyone who has been involved. And I think that, so we started in the whole Tears and Tool tribe, we started doing these Tears and Tool moments. And we call those around these parts, we call them the even when, especially thens of life. So we'll say something like, I'm smart even when I forget the Netflix password, especially then we always end as like a collective, everyone together says, especially then. So when we do those, even one a day, even one a week, even if we remember to do it once a month, you know, I am capable even when I have writer's block for three weeks, you know, especially then when we can add that, especially then to the end of those moments, we're really making space to like be real and to make what we might think are mistakes or whatever. I would love to hear yours. If you want to give one, I'm putting you on the spot. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so like, I am something I love about myself, even when something unexpected or right. whatever it is. And then you end with, especially that. Gotcha. I am confident even when I doubt myself, especially then. Especially then. Yes. I love it. I love that. That is so beautiful. And not only does it have you say something real about yourself that is deemed positive and also something deemed negative, it combines them and adds this beautiful, like neutral and real space of you connecting with all aspects of yourself through the good and the bad and making it like this transparent, transformative space of like saying those things together and then adding that especially then is magic. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's really, whoo. 
yeah, I'm going to have to start using that like for myself, like I'm going to start doing that often when it feels exactly right in those moments of whatever you said, like the examples you gave about forgetting the Netflix password or all of those little things that, you know, we tend to sometimes beat ourselves up about or feel bad about ourselves, like allowing ourselves to like experience it and then shift it by connecting with, well, I'm also this as well. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that. Is there anything else you would like to share about what you're up to with the listeners? Sure. Yeah. So I wrote Tears and Tool. We just read that together, but I just finished Tears and Taffeta, which is about a boy and his ever-growing multicolored cape. So that will be coming out sometime in 2022, hopefully at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I would love anyone listening to like Google Tears and Tool or go to ginabell.co and just learn more about this project and how you might be able to get involved if you feel like it. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so excited for your other book coming out um, involving a boy and his magical cape. Why is it so important for parents to have this book to narrate that kind of conversation with their children? to show them that they care and they value them through all of what life brings to the table. Well, I wrote Tears and Tool for myself to remember my own magic. And then obviously for my, my children and for the world, but I, I think that it's the book I needed as a kid. And so I needed to know that there was space for both things, you know, for the, the tears moments and for the tool moments. And so I think when parents are sharing tears and tool, they should um, consider having their kids do like an even when, especially that moment and, and having them picture themselves in the book. So they become like part of this story and know that it's okay. And it's even good to explore um, the tears and the tool of life. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. So where can people connect with you, reach out to you, purchase the book and get updates and become a part of the movement if they feel called to? Um, so ginabell.co, uh, there's no M at the end of that CO. So it's just ginabell.co. And there's a whole tab with so much information on tears and tool. If you go to my website and click on the tears and tool uh, tab there at the top of the screen. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart and your authenticity and the words that you have written and talking about the movement and what inspired you to write the book and what inspired you to create the movement. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure to have you be on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening on next week's Radical Care podcast episode. El Chenier joins me to discuss all things non-binary. Be sure to tune in next Monday. Love and blessings.